0: All right, welcome to another episode of Rosen Balls Do Your and we need to break the Knicks-Raptors trade all the way down. We gotta break it down. So essentially, this trade is: you may know quickly, R.J. Barrett, a New York second round. Pick via Detroit, by the way, good pick. 2024. It's, it's gonna be the 31st. 31st, right? Yeah, it's 30 teams of the NBA. 31st pick of the draft. Uh four. OG. Precious. So precious. And of course. Malachic Flint. Jesus. Um, lots of thoughts here. Let's go to both sides. So first of all, like, clearly the Knicks have been on the OG wagon for quite a long time. This has been, they've been all in on OG for, looks like, the last couple of years. Is he worth it? Well, right now, you look at this roster, and, and the Knicks are really trying to form this sort of big three of Randall, Brunson, and OG. Um, OG wanted a bigger role. He is also cool coming to New York and is going to try to command 40 million a year. We'll see about all that. I think he'll get close to that. He'll get more than Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant got get low 30, so he'll be fine there. Um, but the, the the bigger question here is, this This involves Tibbs and involves Emmanuel quickly, right? So a couple of things. First off, yes, I, I think quickly is going to do wonders in Toronto. I really do. He's going to start there. Um He's going to build a nice young core. R.J. Barrett, I'm fine getting rid of him. He had a big contract coming up uh, that he's already currently through, actually. Never developed a shot. Had one of the lowest, least efficient guys per the minutes he's played almost ever. Saw something where, like, in the first 3,000 minutes of his career, only Ron Mercer, uh, former Celtic, and really a bunch of teams had a lower um, wins produced per 48 than R.J. Barrett. He's not efficient. But the truth is, Barrett was not in a position to be successful in New York, right? Uh, this fallacy that teams need to play their five best players is ridiculous. ridiculous. Um, it was quite obvious that R.J. Barrett needed to kind of control a unit. He needed to be around spacing. And look, the Knicks didn't provide that, but it could have worked where Barrett and quickly just swapped in the rotation. That, to me, would have made way more sense. It should have been tried out. You know, RJ Barrett um, owning a second unit gets one of DiVento and Grimes with him. Hardenstein, when when Robinson's healthy, would be a nice second unit. Let's see what he does owning a second unit. He's not a third guy in the unit, and he had to play that role in New York behind Rundle, Randall and Brunson. And then there's no spacing there. Barrett's not gonna space. Only Brunson can kind of space. Randall's not spacing for for Barrett. Uh, it's just kind of a mess. So, I I think in Toronto now, look, Toronto is going to get a crazy amount of spacing. No, but he's going to get a, an increased usage role. Toronto's likely not done. Siakam's going to go eventually. So, um, I, I think at least in Toronto, he gets a better situation. Obviously, Barrett being from Canada, nice little mix there. But quickly, you can make an argument, is, is really the key to the deal here for Toronto. They'll take a shot at Barrett. I think they'll quickly hit the one. Quickly, a little bit of a funky style, 6'3". Play the point. Never had... uh, When he had, first of all, an elongated run in in New York, it looked good with Toppin years ago in the second half stretch. Then, you know, last year, probably should have won six man of the year, didn't. Um, Had a great game in Boston where he started. Looked good in other ways when he started. One of the best attack defenders in the league, point of attack defenders. Just a perimeter defender, just excellent. That doesn't just fall out of nowhere. Like, that is... Really, really impressive to have um, that level of of defense on your perimeter. And Barrett's a solid defender, too. So the Raptors all of a sudden have an identity. They have good perimeter defense. They got Barnes now. They got a nice little thing cooking in Toronto. Uh, but we're going to dissect the next part a lot here. So the question really is, like, is, is OG enough to be that third banana, right? He wants a higher usage role. Can he get that? Here's my belief. A couple of things. First off, like, it's year, what, six for OG? He's 26. You're seven, maybe? How long has he been in the league? It sounds like forever. Like, he hasn't had an increased role, you know, and it's not like Toronto didn't want to give it to him. I don't think he could take the mantle. He's not that guy. He seems to me like a glorified 3 and D guy. A lot of people in the media now are making the comparison that OG uh, reminds Tibbs of Luol Deng. That's probably accurate. And that's also uh, somewhat of a ceiling on him. Where, like, if you want to make the comparison, that's not going to be good enough if you got, like, a prime Deng. Now, it, it just, it's not. You could shoot a little bit, I get it, but, like, what are your aspirations as a franchise? And at the end of the day, I really think this deal comes down to uh, Tibbs having a lot of power and they clearly want to give him at least one more shot, looks like Tibbs and Rose are buds and now the question is going to be, who's going to get the increased usage in New York so you have no Barrett, who gets that usage Barrett was a relatively decently usaged wing so now OG can get increased, but he's never been that guy does Randall Brunson get more, do you want them getting more, it's a lot and then who picks it up as the fourth guy, is a is Grimes? Is it internet? I don't know. I'll say this. I don't think the Knicks are done. And a lot of people are saying this. I, they're not done. And I don't like where this could be headed for them. I'm going to tell you what I would do for them. So, it feels like the Knicks are going to go after DeJounte Murray now. And they're going to do what I call starting unit fallacy, where they have five guys. It looks good together. Maybe this could do something. And my... They haven't gotten Murray yet, but it, it feels that way, and I think if they... Uh, You don't have to give that much to get him, but even if it's like 48 Grimes and a few firsts, I just don't like the fit there. If I'm New York, I also wouldn't have been done, but it wouldn't be Murray I go after would be Malcolm Brogdon. I think if they could basically swap Barrett and Quickly for Ananobi and Brogdon, that's a big win. I like that a lot. Less risky. You're not going to have to move that many picks, if any, One. Could you even move Grimes? Probably not. So you can hold to your coffers, and the team makes more sense. And it's better. So uh, to me, you need the other two to drop to really evaluate this whole thing. Right now, I am suspicious that an Anobi is going to be that much more efficient with a healthy more usage if you can even obtain that. This guy's a 19% usage guy. It's very hard to ask a 19 guy to go to 24 doesn't happen every day, okay? Then you're asking Grimes to go from, like, 18 to 22. It's a lot for him. Everybody almost has to go up 10%. And I think you're going to get hurt somewhere along the lines there. Uh, and then off the bench, I mean, you got a lot worse if you're New York. Your second unit did not get as better because quickly has gone. So you're going to have to rely on, you know, Malachi Flynn. One of Grimes at the Vangelo doesn't start, which is fine. And Precious, and that's your a rotation. Robinson being hurt really, really put a damper on things. Totally get it. Not their fault. Fine. Totally not their fault. No one's blaming them. But to suggest that, um, you know, because someone's hurt, we got to almost double down here, is a little uh, iffy for me. I don't, you know, I don't love that. Could they have gotten a drum in as a stopgap at the center for cheap? plumley would have worked. Yeah, now, now this is uh, a very uh, curious unit. So, so how is everything going to break down now? Well, okay. So first off, here's my prediction of the starting lineup. You're basically going to have Hardenstein, Randall, OG, probably still DiViencho, and Brunson. And here's the other benefit too. Randall should feast in this new unit. He now has three spacers around him in a conference that doesn't have a lot of bigs. I know Detroit wanted to go double big, right? Finally got their own win, by the way. We got to talk about that. But Randall will feast. He'll feast on many teams that in the past can easily swamp him, double him. Um, now, you know, he operates in space, a lot of good things can happen, so I think Randall's the winner. And I think you can make an argument that the whole shit of this deal, getting more spacing, getting more defense, now relieves Randall big time because now OG could really cover a threes and fours. It could relieve Randall, so I'm Randall's the winner. And I think for this deal to be a winner, Randall has to kind of jump to that next level. He's got to be like a top twenty talent, and he might end up being that way in this deal. I know this sounds crazy. He's got to give you some big nights in this trade to make it worthwhile. So that's the Randall angle uh, in this. Brunson will look good. Brunson always looks good. For me, the things I'm nervous about, though, is the bench. So you're going to rely on Randall, Brunson. Um, you know, still 30 plus minutes, all that jazz, great. But, you know, could Grimes step up there? Malachi Flynn, really? And then Precious becomes a huge part of this deal. He's a nice, solid big. Is he a rim runner? Is he a shot blocker? A little bit of both. I I, I don't know his advanced stance offhand. Um, I don't think he's giving you what Mitchell Robinson was, right? So all in all, here, I, my only fear with the Knicks is I, it doesn't move the needle yet, right? So level set this. There is a big sort of mess in the conference right now between 4, 5, and 6. You're going to have... Probably Miami, New York, and Cleveland fighting for the four seed. Okay. I don't think Orlando keeps it up. I don't think Indiana is going to jump back in there. That's going to be your four, five, six. Right. So, are, did you really, you know, get ahead of any of those teams? Now, Miami might just put it as a wash. They don't care as much as maybe Cleveland and New York does to fight for four. So I could see them, like, you know, kind of losing it. And the truth is, they have been playing a lot of guys injured, right? You know, Butler's been out of the lineup here and there. Uh, So I I don't, and I think that continues. I don't think they're going to risk you know playing Butler excess minutes or anything like that. I think they're going to make their nice little Miami Heat playoff run. That's what they're hoping for. So, if you're fighting against Cleveland, you might say, okay, well, we, we knocked off Cleveland last year. Well, Hold your horses. While Garland and Mitchell have been out, the Cavs have been playing well. They recently had a nice win in Dallas. Uh, Akara White, Isaac Akara rather, has been playing better. And, you know, without even Mobley the lineup. Now Dean Wade has been shooting better. Max Strauss has been a good pickup. So it's not a cakewalk to get the four. So does this deal move the needle and let them get the four? I, I don't know if it does. But let's say It does. They need to improve on last year. Last year, they were a second-round team, and they lost to the Heat in, what, five games? So now the question is, if you get the four seed this time around, and you win, um, you're going to face Boston around, too. I mean, sh- Can you be competitive against Boston? To move the needle, you really need to progress the what you did last year. And I think your goal should be to at least make it a competitive second round or get lucky. And definitely get that fourth seed. Now, until they get—it's almost like they're waiting for Mitchell, right? Because, like, they're like, oh, the the Knicks are waiting for a superstar deal. Yeah, so is every team in the NBA. And you don't want to force it. Like, DeJounte Murray is not a superstar. Um, There's a few of them. That's why they're called superstars. But if you feel like Mitchell is really the guy, the Cavs are obviously not going to move him at the deadline— They might not move him until draft day. And the only way they're going to move him is probably if they got knocked out of round one again. Now, look, I don't know what Cleveland wants, but I would assume they want some of those picks back. So luckily for the Knicks, they have all of those picks, which is huge. I would have thought Barrett would be a guy you want to build, but, but here nor there. So... If you're the Knicks, I would hold out for Mitchell a little bit. Doesn't mean you got to keep everybody, but you could have your cake you needed to. You could move Fournier and a late pick, get yourselves Malcolm Brogdon. And then if you do that, you got a killer uh, eight-man playoff rotation. Brogdon, again, you're moving Ananobi. You're getting Ananobi and Brogdon for quickly and... Baron. That's a solid upgrade in both spots. And, he, and Knicks fans are going to cry. What are you talking about? Quickly was better than Brogdon last year. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. But Brogdon comes with a reputation that Quickly didn't. Call for what it is. But, you know, Quickly didn't close enough lineups. And I think Tibbs would close with Brogdon. So if you have a closing lineup of... Hardenstein, you know, now, if he had Robinson back, great. Hardinstein, Randall, uh, OG, Brogdon, Brunson, that's a hell of a close. And that could threaten Boston. I don't know if you win the series, but you're more competitive. And you're definitely more competitive in round one. The Knicks, kill is, the Knicks biggest thing this past season, this current season, has been winning those end of the first, beginning of the second quarters, and end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarters. Their bench. They've been outscoring teams like crazy there. And a lot of that is quickly. The plus minus tells you that that difference. So, you know, you gotta be nervous on the reliance of Randall and Brunson. You gotta be nervous if OG could really he's a 15 point a game guy. Can he give you twenty twenty-five more often than not? Right. Will Grimes increases offensive role. I don't know. It's it's a little thin, just in terms of slots. You basically traded two really good rotation pieces. Call Bear for what he is. He's a good rotation piece for one good one, and I don't. And that's a big sacrifice when the, when the one coming back isn't really solving all all ails. I Again, I'm assuming it's a Jonty Murray trade it might not happen personally you go for Zach Levine and Drummond I also don't like it because the contract's not good with Levine really not a Tibbs guy doesn't defend we all know this he's a turnover machine like a pastry chef that would only make sense if you got Drummond in the deal so he could replace what Mitchell Robinson did if you really need the season but what it feels like to me the one benefit I'll say this the one other benefit is the timeline works okay so one of the reasons why OG is good is this core will last a while. You're going to have basically guys in their mid late twenties. Randall's like 29. He's the elder statesman. OG's 26. Brunson's in that range too. So they're all the same age. Great. So you can have a team that's like a second round team and you hope to hit somewhere. That that you know that's fine. Honestly, it is. Um, I I suspect a Murray deal happens, I think they're only going to ask for Grimes 48 and like two first, maybe three. The Knicks will oblige. And that's going to be your ballgame. And if you got Murray, I, I think, yeah, you beat Cleveland again, but you're kind of pigeonholing yourselves to that team. Where without him, you're not pigeonholing yourselves. The Knicks are going to have a five-week run until the deadline, so we'll see what happens at the deadline. Maybe a new player becomes available. Who knows? Um... But the way this stuff typically works is there's enough teams that are still flirting that have guys that might be available at the draft night. Right? That's my thing. So like Atlanta, you know, the 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 chickens came to roost, if you will, on Murray. So he's already available. But like look at New Orleans. They lose in round one. Like, what's going on with Zion and Ingram there? And they could definitely lose in round one. Um Golden State's kind of a mess. So I I do think there might be someone else or others available that could, you know, wait till draft night to make your big, big move. Do a small move like, like Brogdon. Have a kick to, too. It's a hell of a team you get Brogdon. Hell of a team. And, you know, lots of fun stuff can be in that eventual Celtics series if that's what happens. And get yourself more competitive. And don't go crazy. Don't go crazy yet. Um... Or else you're going to be in second-round purgatory. Hey, look, I get it. Maybe they want him. They haven't been in the playoffs in a while. All in all, it's a deal the Knicks had to do. Again, the shoe, the final shoe hasn't dropped yet. We're going to evaluate this in two weeks. Overall scores, I'm going to give the, the Raptors an A and the Knicks a B- on this one. It's more on tips because he didn't play his cards right with Quick. Quick was good. They gave up on him two weeks.